Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest- Damn it! It's too early, I forgot I did the old one. Yeah, it's not dark so early in the morning. Yeah, it's true. The sun uh, wiped the void out of my mind. It's darkest before the dawn. Yes. Not even true. Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we yell our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. We got there, though. Yeah, it's true. We had to get over the hump of being very tired. This is our early morning record, so... Uh, or maybe our earliest ever? In. Yeah, I, I think, think so. it might be. Well, I don't know. We did... Back when I was traveling a lot for work, we did a lot of records that weren't early for you guys, but it was like, <laughs> oh, you know, 6am West Coast time. Uh, those are the days. Huh? But for Not us, bad. it was Tuesday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And Bison was there also. <laughs> Uh, so do you guys know about the weird street fighter 2 boss name swaps yes no uh so there's four bosses from street fighter 2 there's sagat who's the kickboxing guy he has the same name everywhere that's fine he's always sagat uh then there's a boxer uh sort of um jackbooted dictator guy and a spanish guy with a claw and okay. these three guys had their names just rotated in a triangle when the game came to the U.S. for some reason. Maybe oh, no. because they were afraid of racism? Because uh, M. Bison, who is the jackbooted uh, dictator guy, used to be the uh, face-tattooed boxer guy, and yeah. I bet you can guess who that's a reference to. Yeah, I, no. I think they were worried that Mike Tyson was going to sue them for having a character named Mike Bison in their video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the M stood for before it became the dictator guy's name. Yep. What does it stand uh, for now? Do they never Raul know? Julia. Boom. <laughs> oh, it's better than M. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's it, silent. <laughs> it does in uh, M Bison language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that is true. When you talk about it, you have to say mm, Raul Julia <laughs> <laughs> because he's so delicious. Of course, pencil thin mustache and his love for. Uh, Morticia. <laughs> Who is not in love with Gomez Adams, right? It's true. He's Gomez Adams and Morticia Adams are the best couple in fiction. Yes. So is is I've seen people postulating that uh, one of the things that makes the Adams family weird in that like fifties way that they're weird is, is that, that Gomez Adams is the first wife guy, the yeah, first internet wife guy. Exactly that that the husband and wife like each other. Like that's supposed yeah. to be one of the weird things about the family is that do you think that's true i do think it's very interesting and probably probably reveals something about the personal lives of the people who write who wrote sitcoms in the formative years of them that the most often tapped source of humor in sitcoms throughout its history seems to be husbands and wives being like this asshole right to each I mean, other. that still goes on. We still have uh, newspaper yeah. comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, lock horns and whatnot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that there have been many humorous movies or TV shows where the husband and wife support each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I think Lucy and Ricky. Uh, they, like, uh, were romantic with each other, but also they did have a lot of that <laughs> fuck this asshole stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, and they had, they had that 
like, 1940s and 50s style of romance, where it is acceptable for the husband to constantly be like, oh, I'm sorry, my wife is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, See, here's the other side of that, though, is because they were a real- queens. The other side of that is king (laughs) queens. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because they were a real-life couple, uh, they have the most chemistry of any sitcom uh, spouses, like, ever. That's just, like, such a horny energy radiating off of that whole show. It's true, but, uh, you know, I think that there is good chemistry between people like anyone and Brian Cram- Cr- Cranston. Cranston? What are you talking about? Breaking Bad? Malcolm in the Middle's dad? Yeah, that yes, guy. Brian he, Cranston. He can have fucking chemistry with anyone. Every time I've ever seen him in a couple in a thing, I'm always like, well, what is Patricia Heaton or whatever the wife name is, is a terrible person. But he seems to be genuinely in love with her for some reason. <laughs> it's not Patricia Heaton, but I couldn't tell you the name, so. Yeah, Can't, Patricia yeah. something else. Richardson? No, that I think song? that's the one from, um, um, uh, fucking, <laughs> God damn it, Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Anna Gunn is the wife from Breaking Bad. That's not yeah. what I was asking, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> Is that- I don't know which wife you meant. Oh, I meant Malcolm in the Middle wife. Oh. That Malcolm in the Middle wife was married- is married in real life to uh, Bradley Whitford of- Oh, oh fun. Also, um, maybe she's not a terrible person like all the other yeah. uh, sitcom wives from the 90s were. Jane Kaxmarek. Um Okay. I thought- I think that one of the- Similar to the Adam family, one of the jokes about Malcolm in the Middle is that those, like, constantly bickering parents were also, uh, the horniest people alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because while they had the horniness levels of uh, Morticia and Gomez Adams, they didn't have the supportiveness of one another's yeah. interests. Yeah, and they're that, always frazzled. That- still seems like a bad marriage to me. <laughs> they did, there was an episode where the plot was they either decided not to or for some reason couldn't uh, have sex for some length of time and so their lives completely turned around, their house was clean, they got all their chores done they had like nice clothes and jobs because uh, they weren't wasting like all of their energy uh, just playing whatever their Just weird sex game is. wildly every second of every day. <laughs> yeah, their sex ga- their sitcom uh, couple sex game where they're mean to each other in public and then <laughs> let it all out in private. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But they weren't happy, so it's not worth it. Mm, I don't know, it seems like they were uh, kind of no, happy. No, Jeff, because now, now you're getting into the territory of those Reddit posters who are like, mm, I don't jerk off so that I can save my <laughs> sexual potency to <laughs> achieve things in life. But it worked for Malcolm in the Middle's parents. No! <laughs> it probably works for everyone, but it's not worth it. There's absolutely no way it works for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one will ever know, because everyone is jerking off all the time. That's true. I've heard that about us. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I mean. Yep. So, anyway, uh, keeping this energy going, what'd you do this week, Jeff? Uh, literally all I did this week was faceplant into the sidewalk and break my arm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were you were auditioning for the new Jackass movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm in Jackass 5. 
Nice. Uh, there is a Jackass 4 coming out later this year, I think. It's going to be weird to watch a bunch of 55-year-old dudes, like, blow each other's nuts off with firecrackers, huh? Now, is it possible you were in this new Jackass movie and you just didn't know it when you did this faceplant? It's mm. entirely possible. I was pretty dazed afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. You yeah, might have someone, signed a someone, waiver. Yeah, I gave you a waiver to sign. Uh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, it was an NDA. Uh, I, I guess I should say for the listeners who don't know that I'm okay, I'm okay. Uh, I was riding on my scooter, uh, and, like, getting ready to dismount to lock it up in front of the CVS. Uh, the crosswalk in front of the CVS is made of bricks. Two or three of those bricks were missing, making a deep hole about the size of the tire. Uh, so the tire went in the hole, uh, and the momentum of the scooter uh meant that i got all of that rotational energy uh transferred to my body Oof. Uh, and landed uh nose first on the ground had a helmet so i got a cut on my nose but i did not break it yay um yes. and i broke my arm but no displacement so there's not even anything they did to treat it at the hospital they're just like mm, it'll heal on its own yeah. they're like mm, we're out of casts so you're probably fine goodbye <laughs> yeah get out of here we need that chair for this uh person who's on the verge of death to wait for half an for hour this, for this vaccine denier <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> Uh, it's um, nice that you're able to say you broke your arm, even though you don't have many of the things people associate with breaking an arm going on yeah, for you. You could start. You you could just no never go back to the hospital and then use that excuse for the rest of your life. Mm. Just be like, uh, well, I broke my arm, and uh, I don't know when it's going to be healed, so I can't help you with moving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the um the thing that's a real pain in the neck about it is, uh, because. I just have two arms that if I'm not trying to lift something look like they work normally. Uh, I think people think I'm joking or kidding when I say that my arm is broken. Yeah, you said in our Discord that you didn't need to wear the sling, but I think I still would so that people would believe me that my arm didn't work. I've I've been wearing it occasionally if I need to, uh, if it's like sore and I want to keep the weight off of it, but mm-hmm. um, there... It that sometimes I think l- makes me look even less credible because like I'm still you know gripping things when I need to from the sling with my right hand. I feel like yeah. you can tell people you have a hairline fracture though, and then everyone will be like, "Oh yeah, 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 uh-huh. I understand." And there's a cast in here in this sling. You just can't see it, and I'm not going to show you. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to see it. That <laughs> they did medical advancements to make them small. <laughs> Um, have you started the the phase of after an accident where you relive the moments leading up to the accident over and over again and think about all the things you could have done differently? No, I'm mostly reliving the moment um, when my face contacted the ground because that mm-hmm. that is something that doesn't usually happen to me. Mm. You didn't. Uh, you weren't bullied enough in high school. <laughs> Uh, are you able to go past that CVS without staring at the hole and kind of freaking out a little bit and wondering if that's going to be your life forever, but then eventually it gets better and it's not? Uh, well, I don't really leave the house that often, but I passed by yesterday and took some photos of the spot because I wanted to commemorate mm. it. But when I passed by the day before that, it was dark and it didn't bother me. So mm-hmm. You good. took some photos of you with the hole, shaking hands, making up. Yep. 
me kicking the hole's ass. <laughs> you beat him in one-on-one basketball afterwards, so you got the revenge. Mm-hmm. And then sharing a beer together where you're just pouring beer into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pouring one out for my homies. No! <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Come on! Uh, you love it. I... Uh, I actually lost to the hole in one-on-one basketball, and uh, well, now I'm trapped I mean, here on Moron Mountain, enslaved by Danny DeVito. Mm. Uh, so, Matt, what did you do this week? Yeah, I thought for sure you were doing that on purpose. Um, so, I watched the new uh, trending topic, which is the new Space Jam movie. Yay! Uh, I also watched the old Space Jam movie for the first time. Yeah, it's way worse than you expected, right? It's That's what so to bad. <laughs> the new one is way better than the old one, and yeah. everyone who has nostalgia for the old one is going to be mad at me that I said that. But uh, the old one is like... The old one has the energy of everyone in it thought that they were just doing it as a cash grab and no one would ever remember this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, the new one, clearly people are taking it more seriously. A big part of it is that the big star in the new one, besides, obviously, um, LeBron James, is... Is Bugs uh, Bunny. Yeah, besides that (laughs) is Don Cheadle, who is actually a good actor, and not Bill Murray, who is a very funny comedian, but whose entire acting performance is, can you believe I'm in this movie? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Don Cheadle, I'm surprised they had another adult and they didn't try to work a kid in there as a star somehow. I will say it's very funny because Don Cheadle's character is named Al G. Rhythm and is a sentient algorithm in a in the Warner Brothers computer, and so he has to say that several times during the movie, and doesn't seem like he is smirking through it, even though he definitely should be. Well, he kind of sees on those Marvel movies. Like, once you have to say superhero stuff, is there anything else... I mean, this is way dumber than anything he said in the Marvel <laughs> movies. It? Listen, other people say dumb shit in the Marvel movies all the time, but his character in the Marvel movies is, I am a professional pilot, and this is all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. He just got nominated for an Emmy for 30 seconds in one of those Disney Plus shows, so... Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> for his... For... He got nominated for his role in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and not any of those, like, genuinely pretty good guest actors who were on it. He was also pretty good, though. Yeah, but his scene was basically like, hey man, just to let you know, I'm also here as the more famous person from this franchise. Have fun, bye! I do think it's wild how often award shows seem to give people awards because they know that that person is good in general and not for the specific performance that they are getting the award for. Yeah, that yep. happens so much. Somebody yeah. always ends up with an Oscar that people don't think they deserve for that You're role. Like, just like, Training Day for Denzel Washington? Really? That's the one? Yeah. <laughs> what did DiCaprio finally win for? Was it the friggin' the Aviator? The Revenant. Oh, he didn't even win for the Aviator? Jesus. No, he didn't. No. Everyone thought he should have won for The Aviator, because apparently it's quite good, although I have not seen it, and don't really want to because uh, Hearst was an asshole. Oh, I think Scorsese won for um, The Aviator, like he hadn't won an Oscar before that. Right, yes, Scorsese Uh, won for The- another example. Yeah, exactly. That was absolutely (laughs) one where they're like, oh, geez, we definitely should have given this to Raging Bull instead of Ordinary People, but- (laughs) Uh, it's not too late. We could give him an Oscar now for this less good movie. 
do you think yeah. if I watched Radi- Raging Bull, I would get why Martin Scorsese is famous? Because every other movie is a movie of his I've ever watched, I've been like, this is terribly directed. I don't understand. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on him. Uh, I like Raging Bull. I think it's a genuinely very good movie. <laughs> Maybe I'll give it a go sometime because, uh, yeah, I really don't like very darkly shot and like slow paced crime dramas, which seems to be most of what he does nowadays. You didn't like Taxi Driver? (laughs) Uh, no, not really. Huh. I mean, yeah, it's not a likable movie, I would say. And Robert De Niro is very much the thing he is. Hmm. Which is to say (laughs) (laughs) off-putting. Well, yeah. Yes. Anyway, we're talking about Space Jam 2. Yes, please. Tell me all about it. Um, so they do do a lot of good stuff with with the fact that, like, this movie was made uh, with full access to the Warner Brothers whole catalog. Mm -hmm. So they spend a lot of time... The the movie begins... Well, begins. The the interesting part of the movie begins when LeBron James meets Bugs Bunny in the, like, digital archives of the Warner Brothers... Can I ask real quick? Computer mainframe? Hmm? Does the movie actually begin with a scene like the first Space Jam, which was inexplicable to me, of a child actor who's not very good and an adult actor who's okay playing young Michael Jordan and his father, where young Michael Jordan is like, I'm going to be a great basketball player someday. (laughs) Like, completely Uh, unnecessary. uh, It's LeBron James' mom this time. Yes! (laughs) No, the... For real, though, the... the, biopic aspect of the first movie is the most strange and un- inexplicable part, and I'm glad yes. that they tried to uh, bring that energy to the sequel. But, oh, again, like, in the first one, that scene where Michael Jordan's, like, young Michael Jordan is talking to his dad and is like, I'm gonna become the best basketball player North Carolina's ever seen and then make it in the NBA and then quit at the height of my career and become a baseball player. And we're all supposed to be like, yay! (laughs) It is inexplicable and weird. Whereas they actually do a pretty good job of explaining why it's important that LeBron James, we see LeBron James as a child. Um, Because that's when Bugs Bunny uh, left, hit with him the power seed of the Warner energy, so that it could grow and he could come back later. Oh, so you've seen this movie already. Well, no, I read all about the complicated mythology. (laughs) I mean, like, you're joking and you think that I'm joking, but you're not that far off. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) There's no magic involved, but we see him... Loving playing, uh, like, the original Game Boy Looney Tunes game. Great. Uh, And then his coach, like, slapping the Game Boy out of his hands and being like, if you don't focus on basketball, you'll never get anywhere. Oh, so the coach was right, because then he did focus on basketball and did get somewhere. Yes, but, again, like the- unlike the original Space Jam, there's a point to this movie, and the point is LeBron James needs to learn to be a better dad and accept his children's interests on their own and not just push them into basketball. So we see- we see the trauma that led to him feeling like you had to focus on basketball and then see how he has to overcome that trauma to be a good dad. The message there seems to be basketball doesn't actually make LeBron James happy. Is that right? Um, yes, that's probably true. And also, forcing your children to do the thing that you did makes your family bad. Was his father a basketball guy? 
I don't think that his father was involved in his young life. Was his mother a basketball guy? Like, I'm trying to figure out how he learned this lesson from his own childhood the, to not the, repeat it. The coach. The coach slapped the Game Boy out of his hand. Was the coach that hear me? important in his life? Okay, fine. So he's he has to model his uh, parenting on what his coach did? Listen, we only, we only have about a minute of young LeBron James, so they have to pack a lot in there. We have to take a lot on faith that that's why he did what he did. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he was like, stop playing Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle on the Game Boy and get back to doing sports, you freak. <laughs> yes. Um, so then he he meets... <clears throat> uh, his ch- his child is kidnapped by uh, Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and he has, he has to go save him by, like, digitizing his body into the servers at Warner Brothers, which is how he meets Bugs Bunny. Um, and then they go on a very long journey of get of rescuing all of the other Looney Tunes who have decided to quit being Looney Tunes and go join other Warner Brothers properties. Oh man, and that is the best part of the movie. By I far. was going to say that that's sounds the best great. Part of the, the, the several Muppet movies where that happens, <laughs> and yes. the Blues Brothers, where that's the main plot of the entire movie. <laughs> but unlike those things, um, Warner Brothers has actually a lot of like references that they can make to stuff that I already have affection for. Um, so you see, like, Bugs Bunny, or, sorry, Daffy Duck has decided to join the, um, uh, the Justice League. Yeah, Which is sense. very good. Very yep. Good. Uh, and, uh, let's see who else is around. Uh, the, that weird grandma is in the Matrix for some reason. I Wait, feel like... I consider the Matrix to be a thing that is still happening. <laughs> well, well, there's a fourth yes. movie coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the Animatrix the fourth movie, Jeff? No, that was actually... That came out before the sequels, I think. Well, it was I like a promotional know. for them. Wasn't one of the video games, like, in canon with the rest of it? <laughs> they they yeah. reference in the movie the, the, like, mission you have to go on in the video game. <laughs> I forget what uh, that game dumb. was. The Matrix. <clears throat> Enter, Enter the Matrix. The Matrix right. Yeah. People have affection for that game. I wonder if that's real. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, the biggest plot point is that Lola Bunny has decided to join the Amazons on Themyscira. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, okay. Uh, Alright, so two of them joined yeah. different DC properties? Yeah, well, the same DC property, really. Why didn't Daffy Duck go join the Animaniacs? He would fit right in there. Yeah, but they always talked about... Oh, wait, no, I was thinking the the Tiny Toons. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Bugs should go become a professor at Tiny Toons University. Tiny Toon University. <laughs> yep. I do like that in the original Space Jam... There is a very funny joke that is never stated out loud, but the the uh, referee of the game that they're playing is Marvin the Martian, mm-hmm. because he is both a Looney Tune and an alien, Just and I think that is good. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> I think Moron Mountain is on Mars in the Looney Tunes dimension, right? Or um, Jupiter? It might be on Jupiter or something. They don't tell us, do they? Yeah, the the only way you could tell is if you counted the number of planets that flashed past as as the camera was panning to Moron Mountain, and I am not going to do that, because I will never watch that movie again, because it was very bad. Yeah. Uh, it's really weird. Like, I wonder, there must have been a producer on Space Jam who was, like, somebody people liked a lot. 
because how did he get like Danny DeVito and Bill Murray to show up in that movie? <laughs> I guarantee you that Danny DeVito recorded all of his lines in one day on the phone without like having seen the script before. That's fair. Uh, I guess Bill Murray is really the shocking one because he doesn't like to be in movies. But again, his attitude seems to be, can you believe I'm in this movie? <laughs> yeah. And a a and lot of his scenes are shot on a golf course, and we know he loves to play golf, so <laughs> maybe they work that in somehow. He does have a weirdly long speech to Michael Jordan about saying that he isn't in the NBA, not Michael Jordan, but that Bill Murray isn't allowed in the NBA because of reverse racism. Yeah. And that's not great. It's not great. It's probably because you're like 45 years old and maybe five feet, eight inches tall. Yeah. And, and like, not athletic. Obviously, that's the joke, but it's not great. It's not good. It's not good now, that you said it. I think one of the weakest things about Space Jam, which I watched this year too, I think I talked about it, but you know, a few months ago. Um, they have Michael Jordan deliver a lot of important climactic speeches in the movie, and yes. he's not a very good actor or a public speaker, so this really falls flat, and you have a very hard time figuring out what's going on. And yeah. he's talking to nobody a lot of the time, because yep. there are cartoons to, to be added later, so it doesn't work at all. Do they have that problem with this movie? No. Uh, LeBron James <laughs> is quite wooden, but... He does a decent job of making you believe that he cares about the well-being of this child actor that he's never met before. <laughs> of these Looney Tunes. Um, I- and, 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 they make it a point, in the, in the original, it's like, Michael Jordan doesn't really give a shit about the Looney Tunes, but his kids like the Looney Tunes. In this one, they make it clear that LeBron James has been a Looney Tunes fan since he was a child, and mm. so he is genuinely excited to meet the Looney Tunes, and that gives him much more to work with, I think, than Michael Jordan had. Hmm, well, that's good. <clears throat> yeah, Michael Jordan uh, falls into Looney Tunes world by accident, and then immediately gets... Um, I guess, molested by Bugs Bunny? He kisses him very deeply on the mouth without his permission. Um, so I can understand why Michael Jordan is maybe hesitant uh, about playing in the Space Jam. It is genuinely baffling in the original Space Jam, though. Like, the people who wrote the script, you wrote it. You could have just made it that Michael Jordan already likes Bugs Bunny and his friends so that you don't have to... Yeah, work your way towards that. I think the dynamic they came up with, maybe in the commercials, I don't remember the commercials very well, was that all the Looney Tunes are like, wow, Michael Jordan! He's like, hmm, okay, guys. Like, he's too cool for school about them existing. Yeah, yeah but that's... Doesn't... You can't do a movie of that. <laughs> uh, that's what they decided to go with, though. They spend most of the movie trying to convince Michael Jordan to play in the game. Yes. <laughs> Why? Uh, so in the new one, do they say explicitly, like, that the space is cyberspace? Like, we're doing a cyberspace jam or something? I don't think they ever say the phrase space jam. Do so they play a remix of the song Space Jam? Mm. Yes, they do do oh, that. Thank God. All right, good. Yes, they do a remix of that and a remix of I Believe I Can Fly. Mm. Both very good choices for this movie. Well, good. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's iconic though, and it was yeah, that's and anything you can do to cut R. Kelly out of his favorite proper his famous properties is good <laughs> in my book. I'm just imagining he loves Space Jam. Like 
<laughs> it's though it's like that would be the thing people say to humanize him like when people are like well hitler was a vegetarian you know like well r kelly loved space jam <laughs> i mean he probably did love space jam because it was like the first thing that made him famous <laughs> yeah he probably um, made a lot of money that that first movie's soundtrack is is like a lot of home runs <laughs> I, I don't can't know think man. Of anything else except parts of jock jams yeah that's true uh, also, I believe I can fly is not a very good song. The remix is much better, I will say. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, it's very good. Uh, it's not very good, but it's fine. <laughs> it's a decent movie, and I I think that what's interesting is they do this whole thing of Lola Bunny. Like very clearly, they are be they are reacting to the fact that people were very uncomfortable with how much Lola Bunny existed in the first one to be that the sexual desire of Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Um, and also, like, her whole thing was just, don't call me doll. Yeah. That was her whole personality in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, and in this one, like, they show that she's joining the Amazons, and she's given up basketball so that she can be, like, a, uh, a fighter for female rights around the world. This is all great. They do still have her fall in love with Bugs Bunny again, though. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, it's can't. It, it was a little weird because, like, she was introduced just because they're like, oh no, the only girl Looney Tune is Tweety Bird's grandmother. Yes. <laughs> um, and then almost immediately reversed course because the next time they made, like, a Looney Tunes thing, they made her much more of, like, an awkward comedy character. Like, they had Kristen mm. Wiig voice her and everything. Uh, yes. And now going back to Space Jump 2, she's just, like, the girl bunny again. Yeah. Like, they even got Zendaya to do the voice. Yeah, I don't really... I mean, it, she's fine, except for the fact that she falls in love with Bugs Bunny again, despite there being nothing about Bugs Bunny that would make him an attractive partner. Yeah. Like, literally nothing about He makes about me him. laugh. <clears throat> yeah. See, but Roger Rabbit is a good husband to Jessica yeah, he's, Rabbit. He's, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a total wife guy. Exactly. Yes, absolutely, yes. Um he um, the, Bugs Bunny uh, Bugs Bunny makes jokes by being mean to people whereas Roger Rabbit does self-effacing humor. I think is the difference. Yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. Um the last thing I want to say is that the whole premise of this movie is that uh, and this isn't a spoiler cuz it's in the very first part of the movie is that um LeBron James's son doesn't want to be a basketball player he wants to be a video game designer mm -hmm. uh and so a, the the final basketball game takes place within the video game that his son made um oh god it must be so terrible what a bad <laughs> <laughs> they try to go across the court and there's just a bunch of error messages <laughs> uh that does happen anyway <laughs> um but that means that the people that they are playing against are, like, video game characters, video game character versions of real basketball players, which is very weird, because yeah. they took, I mean, I don't know who any of these people are, but I assume that if I liked basketball, I would. Uh, and the fact that these people signed off on, like, yeah, you can make me a giant spider woman in your uh, movie, <laughs> that's fine. You can make me a snake person, <laughs> or, like, a bird man. <laughs> that's, uh, that's at least, like, that's similar to the, the first one, how each of the mom stars took on the, like, uh, cartoon, uh, traits most associated with the basketball player who whose powers they stole yes but unlike in the first one where those monsters were 
inexplicable creatures with ill-defined powers. <laughs> These were the the famous basketball players, just like digital versions of them. So it was still voiced by the famous basketball players and mm. still looked like them. They just had superpowers. And that is much, I feel like, much more interesting to a person who cares about basketball players, I would think. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and also, it makes way more sense that the uh, the challenge is the Looney Tunes have to beat these people who have other magic superpowers, rather than the Looney Tunes have to beat people who are just very good at basketball. <laughs> because the Looney Tunes are not bound by physics. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, the whole point in the first one is they're like, alright, so these aliens have challenged us to a game, and they're very little, so let's challenge- we get to pick the game, let's pick basketball, huh? Yes, which doesn't make any which, sense. Which, you know, fine. it's a stretch, but at least they try- Ha-ha! Because ha-ha, ah, he does yeah. the- Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> God. <laughs> um, but the- it's, like- in a lot of the ways that the original Space Jam fell flat, this new movie does a genuinely good job, where, like, LeBron James, once all the Looney Tunes are together, is trying to teach them how to play basketball well so that they can win his son back, and, like, he is coaching them, and you see that he is doing a good job of coaching them, but making them not enjoy playing basketball anymore, which Mm. ties back to the original theme, and then they're losing in the final game for the first half, because obviously that's how any sports movie works, and it's because he wants them to play basketball the way humans do and not use their Looney Tunes powers, and so they're like, what if we play like Looney Tunes would play, and then they, like... What you if know, we shoot the ball with a gun. That does <laughs> Which happen. Did happen a lot in the first movie. Yeah. Yes. That yeah, they also do a whole Pulp Fiction one. thing. Yes that that Pulp Fiction thing is the most inexplicable <laughs> part of the first one because it's just that I've yeah. seen that still before and been like, mm, this must be part of a bigger reference. No, no, it's not. Of course not. It was 1996. It was two years after Pulp Fiction came out, and when something was popular, it was popular for three to five years at a time. I understand all of that, but you didn't even... No character even says a line that is a reference (laughs) to Pulp Fiction. It's just a picture of Elmer Fudd. And, like, 0.5 seconds of surf guitar. Yeah. Yeah! What? (laughs) Whose idea was that, anyway? Um, but I love that, I love the idea that the, the turn in the basketball game is, like, a part of the overall narrative of LeBron James learning that he needs to let people be themselves. Mm-hmm. That's genuinely good writing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a decent movie, you guys. I, yeah. I'm as surprised as anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely uh, far more motivation than the first movie had for any character. Of just drink this fake steroids. <laughs> to win. I don't know how that ties to the overall narrative of Space Jam, but in its defense, it doesn't really have an overall narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, all the Looney Tunes reference themselves as slaves, like, a lot. Yeah. And (laughs) that doesn't feel great. It's perhaps the weirdest movie. I am uh, very glad that they got to uh, have Granny do a Matrix thing, because unfortunately the first one came out before the Matrix, so they yes. weren't able to make that extremely obvious <laughs> reference. 
It is very bizarre that... Wait, why is that an obvious reference, or are you making a joke? Uh, I mean, just like uh, someone unexpected doing ma- Matrix, uh, like, fighting. It was, uh, I think, the main joke in the early 2000s for children's movies. Oh, I see, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's very funny that they introduce all of these video game characters and their superpowers, and one of them is has the ability to, like, manipulate time to go faster or slower or whatever, uh, and then he is up against Granny, and Granny is able to do the Matrix for no reason. For no explained reason. Because <laughs> the draft of the script that they had is from 2004, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> They do have a lot of stuff, well, not a lot of stuff, but they do have more than zero stuff of Speedy Gonzalez also doing Matrix things. Hmm, uh, it's weird that they would Man. cut out Pepe Le Pew, but not Speedy Gonzalez. They did not cut out Pepe Le Pew. Oh, he's in it! They said I that they cut him out! Yeah, they did say they cut him out. Hmm. I did watch both movies at the same uh, on the same day, so maybe I'm confusing <laughs> the two now. Mm. Maybe they had him with no speaking lines, because I know they had a scene with him, and then they have cut, but he might Maybe have they background. did cut him, which is good. Uh, they definitely should have cut Speedy Gonzalez as well, because, man, man, you hear that voice and you're like, this is not, this is not good. Oh, God. Yeah. Gabriel Iglesias voiced him. That's, like, that's the that's worst- not better. No, that's the worst <laughs> possible choice of, uh- a, like, culturally appropriate voice actor, I think. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. And, like, they have him doing literal scenes from The Matrix with the granny at the beginning. See, here's the fucking thing. They, I've heard for so long, like, oh, they've decided to just put in references to the Warner Brothers catalog, like, they could have anything, and so far you've mentioned four things where two of them are the same thing <laughs> yes they also, do ha- they also do harry potter oh God. okay <laughs> i think the uh clockwork orange guys are watching the game uh, according to the trailer yes, cl- they are also king kong is there yeah, the news the, the news tells me that rick and morty are in the background at one point no they're they show up they are um when we find out where the Tasmanian devil has been, he has been with Rick and Morty. Oh, that's fun. I want to see that <laughs> yes. in this season of Rick and Morty. That would be good. Put see Taz me. in it, goddammit, yeah. you cowards. <laughs> yep. Um, Don Cheadle does the King Kong ain't got nothing on me line from Training Day. Callback. Pretty good. Uh, Pretty call good. Back to a line that wasn't his. Yeah. No, callback to us referencing Training Day. Yes, I know! Ago. It's also... <laughs> what do they think it was a callback to? <laughs> Uh, no, it's a callback it's to... It's just funny that then King Kong in the audience gets uh, mad. Yeah. Okay. This script was for sure written 20 years ago, and that's why they're referencing Training Day in the Matrix. <laughs> that's definitely true. They're like, we can definitely get uh, Denzel Washington for algae rhythm, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Back before he played exclusively uh, drunk dads in movies. Is that what he does now? Uh, I think that from Fences on, he's just been like a drunk dads uh, movie guy. No, I thought he was just smooth and smiling. Wasn't he in that movie? Wasn't he in that movie where he was a drunk pilot? Oh yeah, he was drunk. (laughs) I think he was under duress. No, I'm pretty sure he flies drunk and gets in trouble for it. Doesn't he crash a train drunk as well? (laughs) (laughs) He crashes a train into a plane. uh, Fast and Furious (laughs) Nine. 
This should just get folded into that universe, right? That would be pretty good, actually. I, all I know is he did an upside-down plane. Maybe he wasn't drunk, but that doesn't make any uh, sense. I want Fast and Furious versus The Expendables. Yeah. Just okay. give me a bunch of, like, old guy action stars who have to drive cars at Vin Diesel and John Cena. Does Warner Brothers own Fast and the Furious? Because that's a real missed opportunity in this movie. Uh, no, I think I think it's Universal. I think um, oh. Vin Diesel is technically one of the Universal monsters. Yeah, that makes sense. But isn't <laughs> now Universal? That you say it, it seems right. Wait, Universal isn't part of Warner Brothers because Universal Studios has all the Warner Brothers properties in it. Uh, oh man, Universal is, is its own thing. Yeah, all I know is if they had the opportunity to work in Fast and the Furious, I think they would have. Yeah, unless, as Jeff says, this script was written 20 years ago. Like, they barely yeah. mention Harry Potter, which is surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's Universal is owned by Comcast still. Hmm. Yeah. So why does Universal Studios have all the Warner Brothers shit in it? Probably just the licensing deal from 40 years ago. I guess so. Weird. <laughs> Anyway, um, I say that the new Space Jam is a fine movie and much better than the original. That's my final review. Wow. Pretty good. Controversial. Yep. So, you know, don't at me. Or do at me. Yeah, at me. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I like this. Yeah. This com- new confrontational, me, Matt. <laughs> yep. Uh, Louisa, what did you do this week? All right. The way you have to set up that sentence with the correct punctuation. It's come, comma, at me, bro. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's Is this like, come my lady, come, come my lady? Yes. (laughs) This is crazy town. This is where we are now. (laughs) Uh, Jeff, put that song at the end of the episode. Thanks, Jeff. That guy died this year, I think. I will. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll do it. Shifty Shellshock is his name. Why do I remember that? Sounds like a Ninja Turtles villain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, mine's very small, but I played an indie game on the Switch this week uh, called Overboard which uh, I heard about on a podcast, and I was telling you guys uh, off off this podcast that I was thinking about playing it, and I did, and it's very good. What is it? So can you sum up sort of the gameplay loop of it real quick? Yeah, it's a... Um, I never know what to call these types of games. I guess point and click of the sort where, like, Grim Fandango or Sam and Max, where you're like... Mm-hmm. looking around and then maybe you see a key on a desk and maybe you can pick that up but a lot of it is like having conversations with people and you always have three options of things to say to them so you try to steer a conversation a certain way see what happens um the plot of the whole game is you are on a uh ocean liner going from the united kingdom to the united states mm. you are a form the year is 1935 you are a former actress who has made a bad marriage, uh, your husband has gambling problems, a lot of other problems, uh, so your plan is you're going to kill him on this cruise and get his insurance money. So mm-hmm. you kill him before the events of the game. You can decide not to kill him. And then yeah. the game is the whole day of you setting it up so that people won't suspect that you were the one who pushed him overboard. Okay. What is the, like, visual style of it? Can you... what? what? I'm, I'm trying to picture how the game plays out. Is it like a visual novel kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. Um, because they're an indie studio, they don't have like fully animated anything. You just see uh, flat pictures of people mostly mm. that look kind of like paper cutouts. Like it's a, a particular style, but mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It um, sounds a lot like this. It sounds a lot like the sexy brutal. Did you that I that? never played. No, hmm. so I couldn't tell you. 
You might like that as well. It, it's similarly, it's about you playing a character who uh, is in a house where everyone in the house was murdered, and but you can loop time over and over again and figure out how to convince people to not go into the room where they're about to be murdered and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's very good because... Uh, the thing you're trying to cover up, you definitely, definitely did. <laughs> so you're coming for that angle. Like, you can't get out of it that way. But then, like, for instance, you could say in the next day, oh, you know, my husband never came back to the cabin last night. I don't know. I didn't see him. But then from where the captain steers the ship, he can see down onto the deck and he saw you and your husband out there for a stroll. He didn't see you push your husband. So mm-hmm. you can lie about that. But if you say, I didn't see my husband at all last night, he's going to be like, hey, wait. But I did see you with him on deck last night. Mm. So, oh, it's very good. Kill the captain. <laughs> I did sleep with the captain on one of my. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> so that's the very good. Game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very good because you're talking to him. You're like, so you can see everything from up here in the uh, the. Uh, can you see bridge. this dick? You say. <laughs> you say you can see everything up here from the bridge, right? He's like, yeah, I saw you and your husband last night. You're like, oh, so um, are you up here all day? Or and then he's like. <laughs> Well, I do make my rounds of the whole ship in about an hour. I could be by your cabin at 1130. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then you say, mm, why don't you come in to visit me? He's like, I'll do that. And you're like, yeah, leave your hat on. <laughs> you can tell him. <laughs> no, that rules. It's very funny. Yes. <laughs> so I'm enjoying it a lot. And there are other passengers on the ship, of course. And you can... Um, they can say things like, oh, you know, I thought I heard something fall into the water last night. And the thing is, you can convince people that you didn't have anything to do with it, or you can kill them if you'd like to try to shut them up that way. Mm-hmm. And what's great is you keep getting setups where people are like, uh, you know, uh, what they have going on in, this is 1935, what they have going on in Germany right now, you know, I think he's got some good ideas. <laughs> or there's one guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to America. I think I'm going to join the Pinkertons. <laughs> so everyone's like extra murderable. <laughs> yeah. I love there- that they would play with like, obviously the character has no idea what happens later in history or like necessarily who the bad guys are, but you, the player, do. And that's yes. fun to me. Exactly. Is there a penalty for murdering too many people? Does Can you, like, not make it to America if you murder everyone who knows how to make the boat go? <laughs> that I don't know. I've heard that you can murder quite a few people. I have not tried that myself, so I couldn't tell you, but I'll give it, it a try. It sounds like the Hitman games, where oh, yeah. uh, you're trying to get away with a murder, and so you have to come up with a plan, and you can relive the plan over and over again. Um, and oftentimes, like, oh man, this plan would work except this one guy opens this door at exactly this moment. What if I murder that guy before he gets there? Yeah. <laughs> so there are trade-offs like that. Like, for instance, um, you accidentally leave an earring up on the deck. Yeah. And, of course, that's incredibly incriminating if you decide later to say, oh no, I never went up on the deck at all. Uh, but if you wake up early and go and check out the scene of the crime, you can find that earring before anyone else does, and then mm-hmm. no one can hold that over you. So, but interesting stuff. By like returning that. to the scene of the crime, you have CSI. Mm, it's true. You sure. do. That is how you CSI. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I recommend this to anyone who likes those types of games. Um, it's very quick. Each run through could be like you know under ten minutes. 
Oh, uh, wow. If you want, if you fuck it up pretty bad. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was talking to the Discord about this, but on one of the runs, I drug a drink, and then I'm going to switch it with this other lady's drink, and she doesn't mm-hmm. want to drink it, so I switch it back, and then I drink it, and I drug myself. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. And, yeah, I fell asleep in my cabin until there was ta- a time when people were like, "Hey, while you were asleep, we noticed that your husband's missing, and we think you had something to do with it." <laughs> like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> um, is there a Poirot like detective that just happens to be on the ship that is your antagonist? Kind of. Anyone can accuse you or say what they think happened, but there is a Major Singh who, uh, yeah, he, he kind of fills that role. He seems very astute. Mm. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's very fun, and every run-through I find out something else that makes me want to try something different the next time. So yeah, your goal is to arrive in America and have no one suspect that you committed the murder, so you need to get away with that. And you need to get your husband's life insurance money because you are broke. And the thing is, there are ways to uh, not get caught for the murder, but to have people think, oh, well, he committed suicide. And then if he commits suicide, you don't get any life insurance. So that's no Oh, good. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's very well written. Like, everything feels very good in the game. I wonder how they did it. Because I know one of the things that is... Uh, very popular lately, and I'm not sure how much they could use this with this type of game, is um, sort of building an elaborate system to uh, generate story things to happen for, like, a game that's replayable and has some element of randomness uh, and, like, player agency to it. I wonder if uh, if they had to write everything custom or if they were able to do any of that. I get they, pro- the they probably started with the solution and then worked backwards. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I get the feeling that this is all carefully scripted, like every possible thing, so it must have taken forever. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see someone come up with such an idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I recommend it, and again, because I hate when people recommend something and then by the time you're like, yeah, th- you don't remember what the thing's called, the game is called Overboard, and it's on Steam, and it's on Switch, and it's only like 15 bucks. Yep. Um, while we're talking about indie games real quick, I also played Luck Be a Landlord this week, uh, yeah. which is something that is very popular with YouTubers, and I will just say, it is not worth it, it's not <laughs> a great game. Um, and it's a card game, right? Which you like. <clears throat> No, it is a oh. slot machines game oh. where you can choose different symbols to go onto the slot reels, and symbols that show up next to other symbols have different uh, interactions and stuff. Uh, once you realize that the flower symbol has the most interactions, you just build everything around having flowers on the board, and then <laughs> uh, basically I end- I beat the game. It- I mean, it's an endless game, but I beat it because... I ended up with like three hundred three hundred quadrillion dollars um, because I had one flower and nineteen suns, and that's it. <laughs> Pretty good. <clears throat> so anyway, it's boring and not good, and I don't know why YouTubers like it. The end. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think any game that has a uh, element of chance and like that very obvious tension and release, like a slot machine. Uh, yeah, makes it so like people want to watch it, and you can get the big reactions as a as a streamer. Yeah, also gambling addictions. Yeah, 
I think I I genuinely think this kind of game feeds into gambling addictions in a not healthy way. I wonder if that's true or if it uh, acts like methadone, where it is replacing like you watching someone play that game would replace your uh, like satisfy your need to gamble. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say it's healthier than putting your actual money into gambling. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> Yeah, I always get nervous though when you when you like a gambling game like this and like you kind of cracked it. I feel like that gives you the feeling like, but I could do this with real money and just make a lot of money because I understand it now. <laughs> yeah, I've be beaten gambling. I'm the first <laughs> yeah. person to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I have a system. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's get into the wiki house. So for anyone who doesn't know, the what we do on this show is we put a random word into the wiki house suggested articles page. And then we read the articles people have been asking for on WikiHow, and we answer them. Instead of doing something useful, like putting an answer on WikiHow, we answer them on this show, which is not useful at all. It's useful uh, for us to get more people to download our podcast. Yeah, that's what, how we're we're making the big bucks. Yep. Uh, anyway, so this week, the word that we got in the random word generator was dash. Hooray. I like I this. I thought for sure. There is a character in Sonic the Hedgehog named Dash, and if not, there should be. You're thinking of the Incredibles. Yeah, Mm, Incredible Junior is Dash. Yeah, but there should be one in Sonic, though. It's pretty crazy that the premise of the Incredibles is that the mom and dad of that family desperately want to hide the fact that their kids have superpowers, but they named their kid with super speed Dash. What are you and doing? They named their uh, uh, light refractive daughter Violet, right? Yeah, but that's a name. Dash is nothing. People are named Dash. No Terrible one is ever. Dashel, I'll give you, but not just Dash. I think that's what it's short for, isn't it? No, there's no person under 60 named Dashel. That movie takes place in the 60s. <laughs> that can't be true. It does! Hmm. Um, but also, uh, that baby didn't, they didn't find out that baby's powers until it was, like, six months old or something. Does that mean they didn't name any of their other kids until they found out what their powers were? <laughs> no, it's just maybe, a coincidence. <laughs> maybe Mr. Incredible's secret other power is that he can make other superheroes have specific powers by giving them names. It's his secondary mutation, like Diamond Skin. Yeah, or like having a neck that can withstand optic blasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> having a neck that can withstand guillotines. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not a very Ooh, that's not a very French prob- superpower. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true, though. Maybe Cyclops would be the only one not able to be lynched or guillotined. Huh. That's depressing, sure. <laughs> yeah, that is depressing. Uh, I think in current X-Men continuity, none of the X-Men can actually die because they found the right combination of mutant powers to just bring people back to life, and they're exploring what that's like. Oh. Well, that might be interesting, especially if they're not fighting Magneto or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Magneto, like, they... the. This started, I think, maybe two or three years ago now, but the thing was, all of the X-Men finally were able to start a nation for mutants, and so, like, mm-hmm. Magneto and Apocalypse and stuff just, like, live with the X-Men now, because that's their goal was to do that, to have, like, a separate uh, mutant nation. Aren't they, like, impossible to negotiate with from the other nations, though, because other nations are like, 
okay, yeah, well, if you trade us, you know, this, we'll trade you that. And then Magneto's like, no, I will dominate you with my superior <laughs> mutant genes. Uh, the mutants also, like, because mutants have such crazy powers, they're like, all right, uh, we're going to use this guy's powers to just um, make a super drug that cures all human illness, and we will uh, sell that to other countries who recognize us as a as a sovereign nation. Mm. Um, and mm. so if you don't recognize the mutant nation as sovereign, you seem like a real asshole. Yeah, that doesn't stop people in the real world. It's also, true. Uh, are they rapidly reaching the point where they have removed all sources of drama from the DC universe, or the Marvel universe? Uh, I think it's just, like, some writers are like, you know what, we've done 50 years of Magneto Punch's <laughs> laser face, Let's try, let's see what it would be like. Like, all right, well, what if Magneto's goal uh, was achieved by Charles Xavier? What would that be like? I un- I hear you, but what I'm saying is, if in a few years they want to do, do a storyline where uh, Pepper Potts gets cancer, are they going to be like, well, why don't you just use that super drug that the mutants invented and cure her cancer problem solved? Like... Are they going oh, right. to paint themselves into a corner where they can no longer create conflicts for any characters in Marvel? They've... I feel like comic books are already there. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. ignore other lines and versions where things mm. can be solved. That's exactly it, because, like, <laughs> remember uh, when Aunt May was about to die and so Peter sold his marriage to the devil? <laughs> like, yes. he went to Iron Man, Reed Richards, and Doctor Strange, and all of them were like, I'm sorry, I just can't cure of like not immediately fatal bullet wound. I don't know how to do that with my space magic that I have. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange could could yeah. have done that, surely. And isn't that essentially what happened to Iron Man and he figured out a way to stop it from killing him? Right? Yes. In a cave with a box of scraps? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the best delivery in that whole movie. Oh yeah, that is oh. easily one of the best line reads in uh, in the history of film. I love it. <laughs> is that Jeff Daniels playing that Jeff role? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. I always get them confused. Yeah, same. Jeff Bridges is so fucking good in that movie. Oh <laughs> uh, man, because he he understand like he is an actor who is uh, going to bring the exact right energy to your superhero movie. Mm-hmm. To any movie. I mean, like, it's wild to think that he is the same person who is in The Big Lebowski and Dumb and Dumber. And nope, Dumb and nope, Dumber's the other Jeff. Jeff that's Jeff Fuck. Daniels. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, wild at Heart? Was that is that Jeff Bridges? I don't know. Yeah. True Grit? True Grit. I was gonna in. say, he's done a bunch of cowboy stuff, right? Was like, he the one who was in that terrible Aaron Sorkin series, The News Desk or whatever? No, that was Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Damn it. Oh no, we've discovered Matt's one weakness. <laughs> uh, I have very specific face blindness. He was in the 70s King Kong. Great. His brother was a giant in that terrible giant teenagers movie that was on uh, MST3K one time. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay, anyway, Dash. <laughs> yeah, uh, style rainbow Dash's hair that cutting. That's a My Little Pony. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's I know so how pervert style... asking that. <laughs> I know how you uh, style doll's hair because it's plastic. You wrap it around drinking straws in a bunch of little curls and then you hit it with a 
a hair dryer, not too hot, don't melt the plastic, and then you let it cool, and then you take the straws out, and it's perfectly curled forever, because it's not real hair, and it won't go back. Hmm. Yeah, but then how do you style it again later? Like, how do you change the style? That's the problem. That's the neat uh, part. You don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buy a yeah, new rainbow that's dash. kids want. <laughs> also, kids will just want to ruin that hair. Yeah, of course. Uh, do- I mean, like, that's the thing, though. Everyone's always like, yeah, I can't believe it. I, like, cut my Barbie's hair off and stuck her in the toilet or whatever. That's what Barbies are for. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what Rainbow Dash is for. Ruin it. So that you don't ruin the stuff that I care about, kid. <laughs> I wonder yeah. what the, like, do is there a toy that kids, all kids have it and they all destroy it, like, the same way Barbies were a while, like, years and years ago? Probably. You think it's still Barbies, maybe? Maybe. I mean, G.I. Joe was definitely designed to be blown up by firecrackers. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's no other reason to have a soldier doll for boys unless you expect them to put them in the microwave. Uh, Which G.I. Joe are we talking? Are we talking the, like, the tall 50s, like, Barbie-style ones, or the 80s ones where they were all goofy characters? I think any of them. I mean, Mm. the same with He-Man, too. Like, any character that the whole thing of them is that they get hurt badly in their cartoon you as a kid are like i want to hurt this thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think the the 50s one you shoot with your bb gun that mm-hmm. all all uh silent generation children had yeah uh, put or him, put them on the train tracks and have the train run them over boomers i guess <laughs> probably boomers yep yeah boomers uh and then write an interminable movie about how great your childhood was shooting gi joe with a bb gun <laughs> <laughs> It'll show for 24 hours on TBS every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't specifically referencing that, but yes, that is a great example of one of these extremely self-indulgent navel-gazing boomer movies. See, now that's the greatest generation uh, navel-gazing movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He was but pre-war. Did he die think- in the war? Oh shit, how old was he when the war came around? Oh, I don't He was know. a kid in the 30s, right? Uh, they I never think, say what year it is in that movie. Oh. I think everyone in America before Generation X was so sure that their their childhood and their family was the greatest thing that America ever achieved, and they needed to tell everyone about it, right? That's probably what I happened. I don't think there were generations the way we think of them before the greatest generation. Like, no one defined them. Hmm. Yeah, so not as much. Say, oh, my generation, blah blah blah, because no one thought I was important. But how did the Who record their songs <laughs> uh, in the sixties? Time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I it it seems like it might take place in the forties. No idea if that is pre or post war. It is okay. pre war, and well, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess uh, during or post. Where, yeah. 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 Mm, complicated. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. So, Dash. Yeah, you you pick one. Um, a lot of these are about car dashboards. And let me just yeah. say, if you abbreviate the dashboard in your car to Dash, you're an asshole, probably. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of how to repair or replace a dashboard. That seems way too complicated. Don't bother. Just get a new car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But what if I want to refinish a Mazda RX-7 dashboard? Um, get a bunch of fiberglass clay and I mean, turn it into something else, I guess? 
I know that when you refinish, like, other stuff, you usually sand it down and then put a new coat of varnish on it. Mm. It'll probably work. Yeah. For this. To your plastic dashboard. Yeah, Uh, just sand it down. Sand it all the way down. (laughs) Yeah, take it all the way off. (laughs) That's a smart thing to do. Matt, you're the expert gamer here, right? So maybe you can tell me, how do I (laughs) unlock a dual in-dash DVD player? I'm assuming in real life. In dash Do they mean in the dashboard of your car? Because that's what I'm reading. Yeah, that can't be right. <laughs> I don't know how this relates to my elite gaming. Uh, if, I mean, it's an unlockable in your car. Is you have to, <laughs> you have to like do the thing where you drive like on the wrong side of the road for long enough to get mm, enough points, yeah. and then you can unlock new stuff. You have to steal fifty pizzas from pizza delivery men. <laughs> yep, that's as many as five tens, and that's terrible. <laughs> Do they still put DVD players in cars? Not. No, right? They can't. Probably Netflix now, right? I was going to say, because I saw the other day a, like, you know, Amazon deal or whatever for a clip you can put on the back of your driver's seat to hold a tablet Mm -hmm. that was like $14 or whatever. And that's better than an in-car DVD player, and it's $14. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's probably what people do now, right? Yeah, I'm not plugged into that whole having a fancy car lifestyle, but I think so. I mean, I feel like that's what I've heard people doing. Is having a DVD player in your car a fancy car, or is it a I hate my children car? What's the difference? Mm, Yeah, those go together. (laughs) Uh, The height of luxury is hating your children. (laughs) (laughs) How to paint your dash. Don't. Yeah, that's a bad idea. As soon as it gets hot one day, it's all going to crackle and flake off and give the you The smell weird in your car forever. It's going to smell like chemicals. What are you doing? Uh, oh there's a bunch on here that are uh, run a fast 40-yard dash. Run the 40-yard dash. Get a faster 40-yard dash time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Run the 100-meter dash. Run the 400-meter dash. Uh, I don't know, man. Just, like, start, and then when you hit 100 meters, stop. Who was yeah. that guy that they made that movie about? Uh, was it Chariots Forrest of Fire? Gump. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, Prefontaine? Something? Pre- Steve Prefontaine? Yeah, and he was just like, I, I am not an athlete, but I studied the human body enough to know that if you just do something every day, your body will get better at it. And then he like yeah. set a record for running the mile. Just do that. Yeah, I don't. I feel like if someone's into running the forty yard dash, like if you're actually into it, you know how to get better. You just have to keep doing it as fast as you can all is the there, time. Is there an equivalent from every other sport in track and field for saying focus on fundamentals? Are there fundamentals? Is all dashing already the fundamental? <laughs> I guess is my question. Yeah, you carbo load first. I guess eat some mm. pasta. And then you get your mindset to be, I'm going to run as fast as I can. And then you do that. Mario does run faster than Sonic, so there <gasps> It's true. You, you gotta eat that pasta. Did Jeff die? No, I, I <laughs> was very too. shocked. Uh, I, that's why I gasped so loudly. Uh, you really <laughs> threw me off. I thought something terrible was no. happening. Um, Chariots of Fire doesn't is about some other guys. Oh. Yes. There is a movie about the guy who, like, broke the minute mile. I don't know. I don't know about sports movies. Yeah, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, just how run, do you wave dash, though? Uh, you gotta, like, move the stick and then press the the guard button at the same time. Yeah. 
sort of like, wiggle it like back and forth. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sort of That's invincible and you're like twitching across the level. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? Street Fighter? What is this? Uh, Smash this Bros. Is... Super Smash Brothers. Okay. I believe wave dashing in its purest form is possible in melee and in lesser forms in other games. It's boring, though. Yes. Here's the yeah. thing about the entire fighting game community, and listen, if you like fighting games, I that's great. I think that that's cool, but getting to getting into like the the actual competitive fighting game community means that you never get to play fighting games again. Yeah. Because instead, the game you're playing is, like, staring at your controller and trying to do the same combo 150 times. Yeah. Otherwise it's known like, as the meta. It's like when our mother tries to play Scrabble with us, and I don't want to because she has now turned it into a different game, yeah. which is her memorizing words out of a Scrabble dictionary. <laughs> yeah. And I fucking hate that, because that's not what the point of the game is. The game is supposed to be you impressing your friends with your vocabulary, not just knowing that this word exists, but not knowing what it means. I hate that. Way way easier to impress your friends with your vocabulary if you just memorize all the words. You have to know what they mean, though. You have to be able to use them in a sentence. That's the thing that bothers me. Then you just also have to memorize the example sentences. (laughs) <laughs> See, that's bullshit, though. You don't want us to have a conversation with that person. <laughs> yes, and, like, any time that you're like, mm, I don't really have a good letter to go with this X that's on the board, but I would like to use it, I don't know what to do. And then if the other person's like, oh, you know there are 470 two-letter words that have an X in it? Like, fuck off! I don't think I don't that that's mathematically that. possible. Mm. You oh, we found so, another type of you... bad guy, Jeff is being, which is the yeah. pedant about yeah. words. <laughs> You'd think it's not possible, but these Scrabble perverts figure out yeah. these in our eldritch combinations. I think it's just Very axe, bad. ox, and chi. Mm, anyway. <laughs> oh, and X, E-X. Okay, well. It's another one. It's all dumb. Like, if you know more than two words that start with Q and don't have a U in it, then I don't want to play Scrabble with you at the end. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find one that's not like the things we've already talked about i don't here's one paint pebble dash which is one word or then below that pebble dash as two words i don't know what either of that means yeah isn't that that form of painting where you use like powder instead of liquid paint and then you like throw it onto the canvas so that it makes like oh maybe i think oh it's um oh yeah because most dashboards are textured aren't they it's uh, it's stucco with pebbles like mixed in it. That type of finish. Oh, I see. The, like on your car dashboard, or no? I think I think the dash in this isn't a re- isn't related to car dashboards in any way. Yeah. Uh, let me send you a picture. Uh, it's it's a way to do the outside of your house. Oh, that sounds terrible. It sounds like it would get very dirty, and there's no way to wash it at all. Yeah. yeah, but it, it doesn't look dirty because it's just a bunch of tiny rocks. <laughs> if you glued dirt all over to the outside of your house, yeah. it would never look dirty. Big dirt. That's what rocks is. <laughs> that's true. Mm. Mm, you got me there. Yep. Yeah. When are we going to stop capitulating to big dirt and realize that the workers have the power? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I once saw a very cursed picture of someone, this is only slightly related, but someone who'd glued small seashells all over the dashboard of their car. Oh, no. Like, to, to fancy it up. 
It, so was, this a, was this a Simpsons episode? No, but God, this car haunts me. God, one accident and your face just gets cheese grated into nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it does make your car entirely biodegradable, which is nice. Oh, interesting. <laughs> does it? Hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he uh, says it do does. You, how do you install dashboard widgets? You just go to the thing... To the just files sta- of the thing? Staple say- a wristwatch onto the dashboard of your car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I always have trouble with this, like, going into the files of whatever program and being like, here, put this on the dashboard, please. I want it to be there. Ugh, Mac OS. <laughs> Sucks. Why do you call it a dashboard? I hate that. That's that's not what it makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing for you there. But yeah. uh, that's how you do it. You go into the program and you find it and then you do it. Yeah, I feel like somehow the people who make operating systems for Macs want to make you feel like you're driving a luxury car while you're using your computer. <laughs> that's why you just use it as a DVD player and then mm-hmm. you're really uh, on the road. I will say the people that I've met who have the most complicated and expensive Mac computer setups always don't know how to use their computers. That yeah. sounds about right. That's true they, of most people who have fancy appliances, isn't it? Who have computers That's, at yeah. all. <laughs> true. <laughs> that is also true. But yes, like, I have known a few people who are, like, CEOs or board members at, like, Bank of America or whatever who, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't know these people. I've met these people. And when I tell them I'm in IT, they're always like, oh, okay, cool. Hey, let me ask you, how do I get that tray open on my computer? (laughs) Or whatever. And it's like, fuck, man. Your computer is like $6,000 and you use it to watch, like, the videos your grandkids send you. God damn it. I was thinking about this with kitchen stuff recently, because everyone who's got all the fanciest kitchen appliances, they don't Mm. fucking know how to cook at all. They're buying waffle mix, they're mixing it in their KitchenAid, and then they're putting it into their Breville waffle maker, and they're like, And they're putting it into their microwave. That's how bad they are at (laughs) waffles. But it's a convection uh, microwave. It's one of those special fancy Uh ones. Then they just eat a bowl of uh, hot, (laughs) half-cooked waffle batter. (laughs) (laughs) There's crispy chokes in it. It's like, um, it's like French onion soup, where there's like a top (laughs) one. Christ. Oh, like crème brûlée, you have to use your spoon to smash through the top layer to get, yep. into, get into those custardy insides. Yep, <laughs> yep. exactly. <laughs> but the microwaves have pasteurized those eggs, so you're not going to get salmonella. <laughs> Damn, I wanted the, the salmonella was the point of me eating it. Um. <sighs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to our show. Uh, if you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about the show so that we can continue to grow. And if you want to at me about Space Jam 2 and how it's not better than Space Jam 1, I'm on Twitter at, we're, we're on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can come after me directly on Mastodon at MattHeron at Mastodon.online. Uh, you can find me on all my information on the website, and if you need to complain to me about Space Jam, you can write it on a little piece of paper, and then swallow that piece of paper, and never- Cram it up your butt. And never show anyone. No, the opposite. Cram it down your butt from the mouth. <laughs> uh, what website is this again? Weaponizedlanguage.com, of course. There we go. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon. I've only seen the first Space Jam, but I'll talk to you about it. 
uh, at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for coming out. Please come back again next week. But in the meantime, we are your net nannies. Keep those pockets on track. Eat your donuts. <laughs> <laughs>